The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's nine minutes after eight, and thank you so much for tuning into SAFM this morning, South Africa's news and information leader. Now, last week, the economic freedom fighters disrupted parliamentary proceedings during a parliamentary debate. They chanted while President Jacob Zuma was speaking, demanding that the president pay back some of the money for the upgrades that were done to his Nkandla home in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, Speaker of the Assembly, Baleka Mbete, then ordered all of the members of parliament to leave the assembly and called on security to deal with the members of the economic freedom fighters but they refused to leave and uh, when asked to do so by Ambete and this was one of the most robust debates that we have seen in parliament in a long time or was it on the forum at eight this morning we asked are parliamentary debates actually robust? And joining us for this discussion is Aubrey Machitri, who is political analyst and research fellow at the Helen Sussman Foundation. Thanks for speaking to us, Aubrey. Good morning, Sakina. Thank you. And we also have uh, Professor Richard Calland, Associate Professor at Public Law Department at the University of the Western Cape. Thanks for your time, Prof. Uh, good morning, Fakima. Just in case anyone uh, is confused, it's the University of Cape Town, actually, not the University of the Western Cape. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, my bad. It actually does say the University of uh, Cape Town. Now, um, uh, perhaps if we could just kick it off. I mean, uh, Twitter and all social media is just a buzz with a talk about what's happening in Parliament. And the purpose of parliamentary debates obviously now takes center stage. What are the expected outcomes when Parliament actually engages in debate, Prof- uh, Professor Calland? Well, the uh, question of wh- what a, whether a debate is robust or not really is it's a, ca- a question of taste to some extent. Uh, last Thursday's debate, it was actually a parliamentary question time. It was presidential question time. It was an opportunity for members of parliament to put questions to the president. And they're only afforded that opportunity a couple of times a, a year. So it's a very important moment because it's a moment where parliament can directly hold the president to account by asking him tough questions. And indeed, the, uh, the EFF were robust. There's no doubt about that. Whether that's everyone, to everyone's liking is a different question. Indeed, the reaction across the country, I think, has been very interesting this past few days. Some people have found it distasteful. They found the fact that uh, Malema and his uh, colleagues declined to accept the authority of the speaker when she told them to be quiet and to sit down and then, of course, to leave the chamber. They find that too much. They find that a very serious uh, abrogation of their responsibilities to follow the rules. And I understand that point of view. It's entirely appropriate. We have to respect the rules of the game. Uh, otherwise, we march very quickly towards anarchy. Uh, I think that's, that's absolutely right. It's an important principle. But I wanted to say one other thing for Kima. We, uh, on Saturday, the, the Advisory Council of the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, CASAC, we met in Johannesburg, about uh, 20 of the 40 members, And we discussed this issue at great length, and we agreed in the end that the greater principle at stake on Thursday, and generally at the moment, was the the question of parliamentary accountability and the ability of parliament to hold the executive to account and the the willingness of the executive and the president in particular to subject himself to that constitutional principle. And uh, our our view was that uh, there's great concern at the moment that the president and the ruling party are not willing to subject themselves to that sort of level of executive uh, accountability by Parliament. And that is, in fact, a a greater principle. And uh, if that is indeed the case, what recourse is there uh, to South Africa and to, indeed, members of the opposition in Parliament? What can they do? 
Well, what they have to do is to do what, for example, the DA has been attempting to do over many years, which is to use all the instruments of parliamentary uh, process uh, that are available to them. The parliamentary committees are the engine room of parliament. That's where the real action happens in terms of the processing of legislation and also this extremely important but very difficult business of holding the executive to account, what's called parliamentary oversight. The oversight, the real oversight, takes place in those committees where, for example, the housing committee or the police committee will call members of the executive, ministers or officials, uh, to the committee and to ask them questions. Unfortunately, <coughs> for Kimo, what we've seen, excuse me, over the years, over the last 10 years, is a weakening of Parliament's ability to do this. The reasons for that are complex, but the bottom line is this, that Parliament has uh, eroded or allowed to be eroded its ability, its strength, against the executive. Hundreds of parliamentary questions uh, remain uh, unanswered, as we said in the CASAC statement that we issued yesterday. And on a number of occasions, ministers and officials have flouted their responsibilities to come to parliamentary committees. So what we've seen is a growing arrogance in terms of the executive and its willingness to, to, to be subjected to parliamentary scrutiny, and that uh, is unconstitutional. Uh, and so what happened on last Thursday really put the spotlight on these issues. And it's very good that we're talking about Parliament. Parliament should be in the public eye. It should be the, the fulcrum of, of national debate. So whilst we may find Mr. Malema's tactics uh, distasteful to some extent, in some respects he achieved in five minutes uh, more than the DA has been trying to accomplish in 20 years. And uh, Aubrey, if I could bring you in here, as uh, Richard was saying, I mean, people are talking about this issue of disruptions as opposed to actual debate and the degeneration of parliamentary politics since the introduction of EFF, as some people have been calling it. What's your view on that? Well, normatively, um, robust debate must be about the enhancement of uh, the capacity of parliament to perform its oversight um, function. More importantly, uh, the debates must be robust towards the end of ensuring that uh, a better life for all South Africans does eventuate. But of course, you also need to distinguish between content or substance on the one hand and the manner in which people engage in this debate. Now, there is an extent to which some may argue that uh, the manner in which the EFF has engaged in debates, including um, in the way in which uh, they engaged with Parliament on Thursday, um, compromises its capacity um, to engage in substantive debate. In other words, um, it is possible that uh, what some see as outrageous behavior may take away from intelligent debate and uh, points that uh, the EFF is making. But more importantly, I think it is important that uh, if debate is indeed robust, there is an interaction between debate inside Parliament and outside Parliament. I I think the biggest problem at the moment that is being highlighted by the EFF is, is the issue of trust. The reason why some people are shying away from looking at whether the EFF um, is is, uh, behaving accordingly or not, and others are shying away from the um, substantive arguments the EFF um, is making is is basically um, about the issue of trust. Those who don't trust the ANC, those those who don't trust uh, the president, will argue that the EFF is correct not only 
with regard to the argument it is making, but also with the man, with regard to the manner in which it is uh, raising the argument. Those who seek to defend the president um, and the ANC will foreground the uh, behavior of uh, the EFF and uh, de-emphasize the need to look at substantively the issues that are being raised by the EFF. But fundamentally, of course, whether you have a substantive debate in parliament uh, that is uh, robust enough also depends on your political culture and political system. Mm -hmm. Ours is a political reality of single-party dominance, and there is an extent to which the lack of trust is born out of uh, a perception that it doesn't matter what is argued in Parliament. The ANC can override it with its majority. And is that a problem? Uh, which part? The, the, the part that the ANC is able to override anything with their majority in Parliament. Well, if, if the result is to reduce parliamentary debates to a mere ritual and uh, political point scoring, yes, it is, it is a problem. Uh, because it means not only in Parliament, but us as a society are not having the kind of conversations we should be ha- having. And of course, speaking to Aubrey Machitke this morning, as well as Professor uh, Richard Callant, and we are asking you, are parliamentary debates really robust in your view? 891 that's the number to dial. You can SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And I already have a few uh, comments coming through here. Msizi says uh, parliamentary debates are not robust because the speaker is able to protect some politicians from answering pressing questions. Sandile Kowane says our parliament is a parliament of points of order. There's nothing robust about those debates. And Kulu Begisiz where it says there was nothing robust about uh, last week's parley. It was just an issue of chaos and anarchy. As a country, we will regret this one day. And on that point, I was listening to um, uh, Minister Figile Mbalula, who also made this point about Parliament uh, degenerating into anarchy and making the point that perhaps um, there was need uh, for a review of policies there to deal with this particular matter. What's your take on that, Prof? Um, I Well, you can resort to reviewing rules. You can set up subcommittees and so on. I don't really think that's necessary. As far as I'm concerned, the rules of Parliament are, are pretty clear and well-established. Um, the situation, just to return to last Thursday, is this. Uh, at parliamentary question time, you table a question, uh, an answer is given, and then the, the person who's asked the question has the right to ask a supplementary question. And that's the key moment, really, because the supplementary question has to be connected with the original question, mm-hmm. but it can be quite different, and it can really uh, put the uh, minister or the president on the spot, because he or she has to then think on their feet. And that's the real moment of accountability. And that, of course, is when uh, things uh, broke down on Thursday, because the question that uh, Mr. Malema put to the president, the president really just uh, sought to evade. Now, at that point, uh, what should happen is that you, you sit down and then you make political capital out of the evasion outside of parliament. You go outside and you tell the public and the media, you know, we put this question to the president and he just avoided answering it and his answer was pathetic and so on. You make something of it. Malema declined to do that. He continued and his uh, colleagues continued to push uh, uh, for an answer at that particular point. 
One can well understand his frustration. One can understand that many people in this country, I think, are frustrated that uh, the president and the ruling party are declining to uh, accept their constitutional responsibilities to respond to the Public Protector's report properly. As she indeed pointed out in her letter uh, that was leaked to the media uh, yesterday. Now, uh, this is where uh, the nub of the matter comes. It was certainly robust of Malema to continue, but he was disobeying the rules because the Speaker asked him to sit down and said the next question must come. I have to say the Speaker was quite right. Uh, how she handled it, uh, she clearly lost control, her authority was not sustained, uh, and there may be reasons for that, such as the fact that she perhaps lacks credibility. Uh, I've not got any view on her impartiality. I haven't watched her uh, chair enough uh, sessions. Indeed, she's been off sick for a couple of months. But I think the jury's out on her. And, and the danger, of course, is around perception for Kima. Uh, Speaker Mbeti is the uh, chair person of the ANC. That's a very important national position that she holds. It, it contains a ma all manner of political responsibilities. And I think there is a perception, whether justified or not, that she will not be able to perform her role with, it, with the necessary impartiality that is required of the office of the Speaker of Parliament. Thanks for tuning in this morning. And on the forum update this morning, we ask you, are parliamentary debates really robust? And that's our question this morning, 891 Let's get to the lines. Uh, John, you calling us from Uppington. Good morning. Good morning, yes. I'm calling from Uppington. Uh, let me just uh, make this comment. There are, part of the rules of Parliament is very simple and straightforward and yes sometimes debates are robust sometimes they are not and the simple reason is sometimes the person that needs to answer the question whether it's the minister or the president or the deputy president sometimes doesn't give you a direct answer and then the subsequently uh, the follow-up question can make the minister or the president put them in trouble but then the chairperson of the of or the speaker need to bring the debate in order so that we can keep on asking the questions. So mm -hmm. I believe there are some robust debates, and I also believe there are sometimes that we that we protect certain people because we don't want them to answer certain questions straightforward. And I think that's where the problem starts. We need to allow even the president to answer the question because the presidents are accountable to the country. Okay. He needs to answer questions concerning the country. When, whether we, whatever we want to hear from them, he needs to answer the question. That's all we need to know. All right. Thank you and, so much, John. And something else I would like to say that, yes, the EFF might have the right to ask questions, but I don't agree with the way and the manner in which they do things. That's not allowed in Parliament. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much, John, calling us from Uppington. Mike, you're in Middleburg. Good morning. Morning, morning Sakina, and thank you very much for taking my call. It is simple and straightforward, uh, Sakina. If rules are flouted and uh, if um, the chairperson is not uh, respected on the ruling she makes, simple, that is degeneration because we must differentiate between debate and protestation. You see supporters of EFF and uh, whatever party, if they are outside, they can uh, picket, they can do whatever outside within the framework of the law. They can protest. But once you are inside parliament, you must debate. And you, you, you cannot force 
your point uh, through shouting like we are outside, we are, we are now protesting. So they must be taught inside parliament, we debate. Outside, yes, we can protest. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, from one Mike to another, Mike in Newlands now. Good morning. Hi, yes, thanks very much. I would uh, partly agree with the previous caller. The bottom line is the Parliament is essentially the country's window into the engine room of our country, and we see through Parliament how our country is being managed and our money is being spent. I would say that anarchy has been running in our Parliament since the day Nelson Mandela left. The moment one question is not answered by the ANC, they have declared anarchy because we're not getting answers to our questions. I don't support what the EFF has done, but actually I'm glad it's happened because the ANC has to realize that they cannot continue to hide behind these subcommittees or or ad hoc committees which just get shut down at a whim. I think particularly of the car ad hoc committee where the ANC MP said, uh, they, they don't want to debate anymore. It's the weekend they're going home to Joburg. We've lost 34 of our men in the car uh, debacle. You know, it's uh, Dina Pule, by the way, went through a hot last year. I don't think she asked one question. So, yes, anarchy has already arrived in our parliament. And as long as we have to continually protect the president from corruption, unfortunately, I see no end to it. Thanks very much, Sakina. Thank you, Mike. And uh, Mark Edutua, good morning. Hello, Mark. Okay, something wrong with uh, Mark's line there. But um, maybe we can just get a quick answer to at least uh, some of the issues, uh, questions being posed. Uh, Prof. Kelland, uh, Mike uh, in Mpumalanga in Middleburg talks about um, protestation. He says this is protest action by the EFF as opposed to engaging in a debate. What's your view on that? I think one has to approach this with, with great care. Uh, I, I quite agree with the proposition you put in general, which is the rules should be respected, particularly uh, in, our, in our institutions. We can't complain about uh, one case of institutional flouting of rules in, and, then, and then not apply that same principle to another institution, especially one as important uh, as Parliament. But I, I think we uh, have to acknowledge also that when one talks about the rules of the game, particularly the constitutional rules of the game, certainly the view of CASAC, the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution, and the statement we issued yesterday, was that the greater principle, the bigger principle at stake here, was around executive accountability to Parliament, and in particular, the way in which, in relation to Nkandla, the President uh, is failing to honour his responsibilities to respond to the Public Protector's Report, to take her findings seriously. There is this attempt, or at least there is the belief that the attempt has been made, to not only obfuscate the situation, to cloud it, by, as the caller said, committees and ad hoc committees and so on, uh, but, by, but by avoiding uh, answering the real questions that she's put. Let's take the President's uh, view uh, in his report issued to Parliament last Tuesday, in which he seeks to de- delegate the task of determining how much money he should pay back to the Minister of Police. We think that's wrong in law, because uh, as the Public Protector pointed out in her letter, which was leaked to the media yesterday, the only body that can review the findings of the public protector is a court of law, if it reviews them through a judicial review process. It's not for Parliament or the executive, or indeed anyone, to tamper with her findings. The question is, will Parliament have the wherewithal and the political will to ensure that her recommendations are properly adhered to by the executive and by the president? That's the bigger issue here, we think. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are asking you, 
are parliamentary debates in South Africa really robust? And that's what we want to know. And lots of talk about uh, protest politics in Parliament. And uh, Aubrey Mashitte is uh, one of our guests this morning, as well as Professor Richard Calland. And just looking at um, some of the tweets coming through, Aubrey, many of them uh, talking about the Speaker of Parliament and saying essentially that you cannot really have robust debate if you have a speaker who is biased. What's your take on that? Okay, we seem to have a problem there with that line. Aubrey, can you hear us? No. Uh, Prof. Callan, are you there? All right, unfortunately, we seem to have a lost both our um, uh, panelists there. But let's go to the lines nonetheless and speak to um, our listeners to find out what's on your mind. KGM in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to you, both your guests who are not there as, as yet. Um, <laughs> we'll get them back soon. <laughs> yeah. Sakina, uh, here, here's the simplicity of the. Okay, and there goes KGM. I tell you what, we seem to have a slight problem with the lines. While we sort that out, let me run through uh, some of your uh, tweets and SMSs coming through. Lithe uh, Tinkosi says, I'm glad EFF is in Parliament. It illustrates the circus Parliament has become. Jazz Fundi says, There's no robust debate in Pali because our speaker is so biased. For as long as questions are not answers, we will have problems. And Sekhopoche uh, Nkadimeng says, uh, current speaker is partisan and biased. She will always rule against opposition, especially when they demand the president to account. Uh, those some of the uh, messages coming through. And just looking uh, at this morning's editorial in the Business Day, and I just want to quote something that um, editor Songezo uh, Zibi wrote. He says, what the EFF did is exactly what so many outraged citizens have been dying to get a chance to do. It has imported street protest into what is supposed to be an August gathering of the country's political elites and disrupted the farce with one of its own. And, and, and many of you seem to concur with that sentiment as well, as witnessed in that first tweet uh, that I read in the seg- segment by Litle, who says that Parliament is indeed a farce. But I'd love to hear, you know, what your, your take is on this, because there are rules governing the House, but how do we best take this one forward? Let's go to Nati in Benoni. Good morning. Hello, Nati. Hi, good morning. Welcome. Yes, I think anarchy can't be accepted. Let's agree that ANC is in majority, whether they abuse their majority or not. But we must remember that they didn't buy this majority. People voted for ANC knowing very well that Zuma would be president, knowing very well that there was Nkandla. My point is, whether they abuse that or not, whether the question are satisfactory or not, but anarchy can't be accepted. This lousy point saying that Balega Mbete can't do the job enough because he's the ANC, I mean, top five member. It's very lousy because, they, I mean, take this country, there's nobody who's not politically associated. Even the, the prof on your, on your line, you can tell that he's anti-ANC. So definitely there's nobody who can be a, a chair or who can chair the parliament that will be clean unless if we import somebody out of the country. Even that person will be influenced in some way or another. So, Don't you think let, it's important, though, Nati, to at least create a perception of impartiality? 
no, whether 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 people like it or not, whether Balega is partial or impartial, it's not the point to me. The point is, he cannot just allow EFF to run over the rules because he's there like a referee to make sure that the rules are followed. He okay. can't just let's say. EFF must do as they please, because if I caution EFF, the people will say it's because I'm ANC. All right, got you there, Nati. Gerald in Westville in Durban, good morning. Look, I only agree with Mark. What we have at the moment is, uh, is anarchy. You know, I mean, before Julius Bruno was anarchy. You know, Grady Mantashi calls this anarchy, but what he, he uh, and uh, the current uh, Chancellor House, I mean, at the Tudy House, have been doing through the... Uh, policy of catered employment and uh, the investment on Chancellor House, they ended up in wholesale sets of public money for five years. So, you know, no longer will the President pitch up in Parliament and, and insult our intelligence. You know, someone that will hold him to account, and that's what needs to be done. And, you know, if you talk about anarchy, the bail threats by uh, people like Jackson and Timber and uh, the attempt by the, the ANC uh, uh, party supporters to rush Parliament, that's anarchy. Okay, got you there, Gerald. Eddie in Cape Town, good morning. Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Yes, Eddie? Um, I'll, I'll put it this way, Sakina. I am an ANC man, and um, um, I just find that uh, um, the way uh, um, the ANC in Parliament or our leaders uh, want things to be done is just unacceptable. I'll tell you why, Sakina. For, for Gwede Mantashe to come out and say, um, um, the, the, the action must be taken, and Jackson Temple saying they can't, they can't guarantee that the F will have uh, um, protection if, if some violence is, is wreaked upon them. Uh, it, it's, it's quite disingenuous, really, because at the end of the day, they, 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 outside Parliament, questions have been asked. We've got the secret cluster that has been asked to answer Madonsela's um, report, Zuma has been asked out, outside Parliament to answer all these things, and he doesn't answer it. So what they are trying to do is to import the indecent uh, actions or that is happening from, from ANC leaders into Parliament so that Parliament can ratify, uh, ratify them, so that they can turn around and say, um, you guys are still screaming outside. Parliament has exonerated Zuma. This is, this is the stance they've been taking on, on every scandal that Zuma brings along. And the, if, if you know how uh, 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 banks work, Sakina, they, they have a system that says you, you, you try and um, uh, stop uh, criminals from uh, taking, um, using dirty money, washing it through the bank. So... Our parliament is being used to wash the debt linen of the ANC so that, because they have a majority, basically. So mm. anything that is wrong will go into parliament and will be rubber-stamped, and then we move on and from scandal to scandal. I, I think I don't condone what the F is doing, but it's the same like the, the street protest that you had a, a, a program the other day. People don't want, people are not uh, 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 violent in nature, but... If you, you're going to be frustrated sitting there, going to the councillor, going, being told to go to this office, to that office, people end up saying, you know what, the state has got lots of money, they've got resources. If you take Zuma to court, he's using our tax man to defend himself. 
um, take the example of the, the arms deal guy who's using his money uh-huh. to try and fight the government. The government is a man to fight that guy. So they, they are banking on him getting bankrupt someday and stopping what he's saying. So it, it's a really silly way of, of doing things by the ANC to, to, to try and, and insult our intelligence and say parliament is going to exonerate to Zuma and then we okay. move all right, got you there. Now, Aubrey, I mean, obviously, just listening to what people are saying, reading the messages coming through, it would seem as though um, South Africans aren't really enamored with this whole uh, process, the rules that govern Parliament, as it were. Um, debate, yes, but uh, people would seem to think that it, it's just a debate in name, and eventually there will be a rubber stamping of whatever the majority party wants to do. Well, Sakina, because of, the, uh, because of what many of your callers are saying, the question that arises is this. Uh, or is it possible that uh, the rules, the quorum, and the ceremony of parliament are subverting the will, uh, the will of the people? Um, in other words, is it not possible that accountability and the truth are being buried under heaps and heaps of rules and decorum. And the result is an erosion of trust um, on the part of the ordinary citizen. Now, of course, research that has been done by institutions such as uh, Afrobarometer suggests that there is a disconnect between parliament um, and the majority of citizens. And, of course, if that is correct, Maybe even the question uh, about whether parliamentary debates are robust or not does not even arise because most people are not following um, what is happening in, in, in parliament anyway. But we must come back to the EFF um, and its behavior. Um, it seems to me that, first of all, the EFF is arguing that uh, these rules, this decorum and, and ceremonies um, of parliament are used as cover by the ruling party and the president um, to hide the truth about certain things, including uh, the story of uh, the Nganda security upgrade. Secondly, it seems the EFF has taken an anti-establishment approach. So not only are they going against the rules, they seem to be going against parliament as an establishment that does not represent what they stand for, or what they, they believe their constituencies um, want. Mm. And, and thirdly, you must look at how the EFF is positioning itself. It is not positioning itself as a narrow parliamentary party. It is also positioning itself partly as a protest movement. And one of the things they are trying to do is to take a protest to parliament, because what we've become used to is people protesting outside parliament. And, and the EFF is turning that around, is taking protest inside Parliament as part of its anti-establishment approach. Mm. And, and then, of course, the million-dollar question then, Prof, becomes, you know, to, to what point? Because is this really a sustainable means of action? And, and just looking at what Nati was saying, I don't know if you heard his call, but Nati was saying the majority rules, what the EFF is doing is just, you know, anarchy, and it is unacceptable because whether they like it or not, whether we like it or not, we have to abide by the rules of the House. 
Well, I've, I've said at least twice before already on the show that the, uh, the rules should be followed. Uh, but there are all, uh, the, all the rules must be followed, and, and uh, the bigger rule to be followed is around executive accountability. In saying that, doesn't mean that I am anti-ANC. It doesn't mean that I, or indeed anyone else who makes that point, is counter-majoritarian. We respect, I respect the majority that the ANC wins. But just because it has a majority, as in fact Aubrey pointed out earlier, doesn't mean that it's right in terms of the arguments. And indeed, when a majority party in any uh, democracy in the world starts to use its majority all of the time simply to, to win because, because it can't win the argument, then it begins to look very weak. And I have to say, the ANC uh, is looking very weak at the moment on Incandler. Uh, it looks defensive, it looks obfuscatory, it looks like it's trying to hide behind uh, certain processes. And what Malema was doing was piercing that, uh, that clouding of the issue, and he did so very effectively. Whether it's sustainable is another question, but what he achieved, I think, was to make Parliament more relevant last Thursday. What he is achieving is making Parliament more relevant because we're talking about it, we're paying more attention to it. And because, most importantly, the political calculus has changed. Malema represents a threat to the ANC in terms of uh, the municipal elections in two years' time. He won a million votes in May. He may only be 7% of Parliament, but uh, that 7% can be quite a nuisance to the ANC. Indeed, the DP, when it had just 2% of the seats in Parliament in the early uh, part of this uh, democratic period in, in uh, 94, was very effective. If you use the rules of Parliament effectively, then you can, you can uh, really uh, hold uh, the ruling party to account. Of course, um, that means also playing by the rules. And I think the challenge, the strategic challenge for Malema is that, and I'm sure he recognizes this, that you can't do what you did on Thursday all of the time. Mm. You, have to do, you have to respect the rules, otherwise people will turn against you. But equally, you can continue to make your point very effectively. And, and he did so on Thursday, and I'm sure he'll continue to do so again. And that's going to be a real nuisance for the ANC, because his ability to join the dots between the issues uh, and uh, uh, the simple slogan of pay back the money, that's something that I'm sure will resonate throughout the whole country. And of course, it raises another issue that many of our listeners are also picking up on, Aubrey, and they are asking whether the rules of Parliament should be changed. For one, uh, there's a question that says, uh, would it not serve Parliament better if we had a judge uh, serving as the Speaker, for example? Well, I, I agree with uh, Richard on this one. I, I, I think the rules are fine. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not precluding the possibility of someone... Uh, finding loopholes on the basis of which, as a nation, we should have uh, a conversation about looking at the workings of uh, Parliament. But uh, but I think the EFF is posing uh, a much more fundamental uh, question about Parliament. If if I'm correct that its orientation towards Parliament is anti-establishment, um, then the core question for me uh, must be one that relates to the political system and our political culture, because a, a particular political system can only produce a certain kind of um, uh, parliament. And therefore, this, this parliament is a direct product of the kind of political system and kind of political culture we have in this country. And maybe instead of looking at parliament, in, and in order to change parliament, we must ask questions about what it is that must change about our political culture and our political system.
Mm. And uh, those are some of the uh, tougher questions that we need to deal with. On the Forum at 8 this morning, our question is... Are our parliamentary debates really robust in conversation with Professor Richard Calland as well as Aubrey Machiti? And let's just go back to the lines very briefly. Kifilwe, you're in Santon. Good morning. Hi, Sakina. How are you? Uh, welcome to the show. I'm good, thanks. You know, the, the problem is it's a bigger problem than that. I think the ANC, when people try to make a comment, they heckle. You know those old people at the back? They never give other people to say, they, they shout themselves. And Kolela Manu says, they trained Malema to be what he is. So, but the next thing is that advocate Dalimbov, because he's part of the EFF, he now needs to go and sit with Malema and say, Malema, you interrupted uh, in Johannesburg. You, they ate food that was not meant for them. Now, that kind of behavior cannot be condoned. But the ANC, that's what Kolela says. He says they trained Malima to be what he is. So they must take back the blame. That's number one. Number two, I think we're spending too much time as a country. You know, number one, citizen, I'm very sorry. You know, we've got children who are hungry, who are uneducated. We're spending too much time defending number one. And... I think for me, it's not about anarchy. There's a lot of corruption, and that's what we should be dealing with. Now, we're spending too much time. Children want to be educated. Children need guidance. But we're spending too much time defending number one. All right. Got you there, Kifilwe. KGM in Cape Town, apologies for that uh, gremlin on the line earlier. Not a problem, Satina. Let Let me conclude my point. Uh, Sakina, some of us saw this coming uh, at the pre-talks and the talks of Kodefa. I made a, a comment then, and I was young. I was, I was part of the youth that represented the youth at, at, at pre-talks and the talks. I said uh, the, the elders, referring to the ANC at the time, were not accommodating to our suggestions and our contributions. The, what you're seeing Malema doing is, you know, when you put a poodle, a little puppy, you put it in a corner, Sakina, and you take a shambok and you shambok it. As much as it loves you and likes you the way it has, it will become a dog. It will bite. Now, what what the debate has been reduced to here, uh, even though people are claiming anarchy and so forth. In fact, the, 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 the ANC is the one that is creating this notion of anarchy. If President Zuma... As, as the accounting officer did what was required constitutionally legal by the Constitution, by the, by the way, he, he, we wouldn't be having this, this debate. Now, lastly, Sakina, I, I concur with both your speakers in, on various uh, occasions. For me, it's about the system. You see, the, the, the National Party government used the Constitution, used the, the rules, but it didn't mean that they were right. The ANC need to learn from that, that the fact that there are rules, there are rules that sometimes are passed, like our constitution, which we did not really participate enough on it, and and therefore it used to, to oppress us. It can't be right. And I just want to get a quick response uh, from our panel uh, this morning uh, with regard to some of the issues raised there by our listeners. Prof. Kalland, uh, you have to leave us shortly, so maybe I should start with you. 
Uh, thank you, Fakima. Uh, well, two things. Firstly, I think uh, Aubrey's point about political cultures is, is tremendously important. We want to encourage a, a culture of democratic dialogue, of tolerance, uh, and of non-violent conflict. This is a country that tends to resort to violence. Uh, you saw an edge to the proceedings and what happened after them on Thursday that was very worrying. The uh, calling of the riot police was completely uh, inappropriate. Uh, and when Gwedi Mantashi says, uh, is quoted as saying uh, over the weekend that he wants to move Parliament to the north of the country where the ANC is in command of the police and the police will be quicker to come and throw the, the EFF out, uh, I don't think he realizes quite what he's saying with respect to him because what he's basically saying is that the state, controlled by a political party, will use its force uh, against uh, the voice of an opposition, uh, democratically elected opposition. Now, that's, that's extremely uh, perturbing. So we must tread very, very carefully on these things. And there's responsibility on all of us, including Mr. Malema, to respect uh, that principle of, of democratic culture of debate. Uh, then briefly, the, the other point your caller made about the relevance of Parliament in relation to socioeconomic mm -hmm. um, Parliament's robustness is really only as, as, uh, as good as its ability uh, to respond to the most pressing issues that, that concern the nation. Inequality, socioeconomic injustice, poverty, uh, the, the appalling attacks upon women and gender inequality and all of these very, very pressing matters, the, 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 the sluggishness of the economy. So uh, whilst we can get very uh, aroused by the excitement of these events on Thursday, in the end what matters is Parliament's ability to hold the executive to account to ensure that it can deliver on its constitutional mandate to transform the country. Professor Richard Calland, Associate Professor at Public Law Department at uh, the University of Cape Town. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, before I go to Aubrey, I just want to read through a very uh, uh, a few of these messages. Uh, Comrade Zima says, which one is better, anarchy or corruption? I choose anarchy over corruption. And Steve says, Zuma did not like the impartiality of Max Sisulu, so he brought back Mbete, who is shamelessly taking sides. Stephen in Cape Town, the EFF is right. Debate in Pali on Nkandla needs to be more robust and answer questions. Uh, when will the money be repaid? And uh, Mahaba says, EFF and Malema uh, have been sent by us, the voters, to seek answers from the president. Viva robust debate. Viva. Kozan Mpumalanga says, the speaker asked the president to answer the question and the president said he had already done so. The speaker from the ANC sitting one meter from the president was not convinced that the president had answered the question. They were like dribbling past each other, though they were in the same squad. Seriously funny. And then Jack says the ANC refuses to respect the constitution. Why should any opposition party respect the rules of parliament? Aubrey? Well, two things happened in parliament on Thursday. The president was evasive and the behavior of the EFF was uh, not unproblematic. But the question we must ask ourselves is why it is that we seem to be more offended by the behavior of uh, the EFF than we are by the fact that the president was evasive. And uh, my passing shot is that uh, the EFF must not confuse uh, tactics with uh, strategy. Uh, the deployment of the kind of behavior they displayed on Thursday must be a tactical choice, not a strategic choice.
Well, and uh, that's unfortunately where we have to leave it. Thank you so much for your time this morning as well, Aubrey Machitri, a political analyst and research fellow at the Helen Suzman Foundation. And that's how we come to the end of this morning's show. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it and appreciate your uh, robust contribution this morning. And uh, we'll have more of that for you tomorrow between 6 and 9. Thanks to you. Thanks to the production team. Right now, though, it's 9 o'clock. It's time for the news with Vabakshni Chetty.